Welcome to the Watching World Podcast, a podcast of abundant life. It's great to have you here today. And we've got a very special guest in a new series. You've, you've heard him before. He's been with me before. Um, one of my all-time favorites. His name is Ed Croteau. He is the founder and leader of FSE University. And my son and I love this class. It's here at the church at Abundant Life on Sundays, 930 in room 1024 in the main building. You can go to fse.life to get more information. You can find out more on the YouTube channel as well. And today, we're going to be diving in as part one of a nine-part series. And the series is titled, Knowing What You Believe and Why You Believe It, Worldviews, Truth, and Evidence. Ed, good morning and welcome back, my man. Hey, brother. It is great having you. And I'm really excited about this one. And I think it was a smart move to kick out Phil, right? We got a, <laughs> we had him on the first one. You know, we want to get yeah. rid of him this time. So he's this just, is great. He's just so busy. And, and, and here's, the th- here's the thing that I want the listeners to understand, too. We don't have a lot of time because podcasts are a little bit shorter and we want people to really get through it. So we got to move fast today yep. and, and we're going to try to get through it, which because we have to move fast... If you're listening and you don't come at 930 on Sundays and you want the whole gamut of information, which is amazing, then you need to come on Sundays at 930 in room 1024 here at Abundant Life in the main building, right? You got it. We're getting getting a lot of young people, young adults, uh, parents. I got to tell the audience out there, if you really want to understand what you believe and why, uh, it's an excellent class to grow. Absolutely. Amen to that. And so today in part one of our nine-part series, we're going to be talking about the title of part one is Understanding Our Culture Today, a look back to Rome. And we're going to be discovering with Ed here parallels in American culture and what we can learn from that internal collapse of Rome. So Ed, I'm going to let you kick this thing off, man. There, there's so much going on here. And by the way, I just want you to know publicly, I love your passion. I love your heart for God. And, and I love, I I've, I've, don't know that I've ever had more fun digging into scripture and learning so much. I've learned more in the last year than I think I've learned in the previous 49 and well, okay, 52. <laughs> well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't be telling people that Christianity and the Bible is fun. We don't want them thinking that, oh, okay? No, it's it's serious. It's you don't fun. want to think it's fun, okay? It's absolutely fun. So let's right. go ahead and roll. So let's talk about American culture and how does it, how did it compare? Are there signs from the internal collapse of Rome that we're seeing today? You know, let, let's start there then. Let's go there and then we'll go backwards and talk about a few other things. But sure. when you, Alfred Edersheim wrote a great book. It was called The Life and Times of Jesus and Messiah. Now, when he wrote that book, he pointed out specific things, five major things that were happening at Rome at the time of their internal collapse. Edward Gibbons backs it up somewhat in his book on the decline of the Roman Empire. But these are the five things that he points out. And we're going to tie it back to Jesus Christ when he's talking to Pilate in John 18. The first one that he pointed out was what he called the culture of entitlement. Now, what what it was written back in Rome at that time is, The citizens were idle. The Roman citizens were idle. They were in theater and the arena. Believe it or not, the Roman Empire was supporting over 200,000 people by the state on welfare and just handouts. Wow. I don't know if that sounds familiar. It does sound very familiar, and I I never knew that or would have thought that. That's right. Second one is a major spread of atheism and self-deification. So what happened here is religion and philosophy was really based on what's called Stoicism and Epicureanism. You'll find that in Acts 17 when Paul is at Mars Hill, and it specifically mentions these philosophers. And that philosophy is all about atheism and despair. The one, Stoicism, really is about turning aspirations inward. So it's about yourself, and the other one is about indulging your passions and worshiping matter, not a deity. 
as its ideal. So there's a big spread in it's all about me. That sounds not just vaguely familiar. That sounds like I just turned on the news five minutes ago. Yeah. I mean, that's what's happening all oh, over the place the, now. You got the crazy selfies and, you know, wokeism and all this. Well, it, but, but even atheism and you see more debate and I, I know. there's such a divide. It's not just political divide. It's oh, a religious divide. It's absolutely. just it's divide to be divided. Absolutely. Now listen to the third one. Rejecting absolute truth. Okay, so philosophers at the time said all religions were equally false or equally true. Wait, what, it what? was the outcome of ignorance. Okay, nobody believed anything was absolutely true. So the only religion that was insisted on by the state was deifying the emperor. Absolute right didn't exist, might made right, and the god was Caesar. See, that sounds like where we've been heading. Maybe not exactly where we're at now, but... All, so many signs are pointing to that's kind of where well, this, it seems to be moving. This is a big deal. Well, I'm going to talk for a minute about this. When, when Pontius Pilate takes Jesus Christ and talks to him in private, because the Pharisees are trying to figure out how can we get him executed when the Romans won't let us do it ourselves, the Jews, and so they want the Romans to do it. So when Jesus comes into Pontius Pilate and they're having a conversation, Jesus in John 18.38 says that the reason he came was to witness to the truth. He said, everyone who follows me follows the truth. And then when Pontius Pilate says, what is truth? Most of us read that and think, oh, he's just, you know, asking a question back to Jesus. Actually, it's a reflection of the culture. This right here, number three. Pontius Pilate is saying, what do you mean? There is no such thing as truth. So he was going on the culture of the day. He knew the culture of the day people were rejecting the idea there could be absolute truth. And, and so he was bought in. And standing right in front of him was, was the way, the truth, truth and, and the, the life. life. John 14, 6, alive. It's crazy. The next one is, believe, look at this one. Oh, boy. The end of I, marriage I and traditional family and the rise in abortion. Mm. So the sanctity of marriage had ceased. Abortion, murder of the newborn children, that was common and tolerated. What they would do a lot of times if... A family had a child, for instance, if it wasn't a male, if it was a female, they treated women as property. A lot of times they just take the baby and at night put it out on a hill and leave it for the animals. Wow. And one of the reasons the church grew so great is Christians would hide. And when the children were put out there, they'd rescue them and take them into the church. Right. Right? Yeah. So here's another one. Does that sound familiar? Yes. All right? Yep. And then the last one, a culture of hopelessness. Literally, Seneca, Cicero. Um, some of the, the big politicians at the time and speakers, philosophers, Tacitus, they all expressed that Rome must be under some unbelievable curse. Everybody had despair. There was a conscious, this idea of a need and a longing for reality and truth. And they believed religion and philosophy didn't have the answers. Hmm. So Ed, Alfred Edersheim said this. He said, can there be a greater contrast Imagine then the pro proclamation of a coming kingdom of God that came to seek and save that which was lost upon the ruins and heathenism of the Roman Empire was the church of Jesus Christ reared. What a perfect time for him to show up. Amen. So when you look at these parallels and you look at America Day, it's very similar to the time of collapse of Rome. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, it's just a thought that I have in my head. But it seems like over time, from the things I watch and speakers that I listen to and, and things that I study, it's almost like sometimes when you read things like this that are biblical, 
it's, well, it's so far back, it can't be a correlation to now. It's almost like some people separate the two and that time was, it's similar, but that time was unique and this time is unique and all they are similarities, but are they really? Because the Bible is absolute truth. And if it happened then, why can't it happen now? Yeah, most most cultures think they're smarter than the previous one. Most generations, you know, we look back and we think, you know, we've learned and we're a lot brighter now and those guys got it wrong, but we're smarter. Right. That's that's we're not. That's idiotic. We're not. We just repeat the same mistakes. And these are these are clearly what's going on and you could see the collapse and it's it's the nature of fallen man you're seeing here. So, we see the similarities now. Is it something that we can look to how do we how do we prepare? How do we how do we make a change? How do we stop this from happening? Well, because we see again Rome internally <laughs> collapsed. I, I think there's an easy answer, and I do this all the time with audiences and people I talk to, non-believers, and it always takes them off guard. And I ask them a simple question: Why are you a Christian? And I get all kinds of answers. Well, because it makes me feel good, or because Jesus forgave my sins or because I feel God's closer to me. And I always tell them, well, that's not why I'm a Christian. There's only one reason I'm a Christian. Love this answer. Because it's true. Amen. If people actually understood that this Christianity, this worldview is true, and they, and they really came, became passionate that it represents reality, we would change the culture. But we treat it like a devotion or like something that is a, a, a way for us to feel better or improve ourselves. That's not the purpose of Christianity, right? Right. So uh, the emphasis I have with people is making sure they understand, do they really think it's true? Because if it's, if it's not true to them, if they don't believe it, they're wasting their time going to church. They're wasting their time being involved in a Christian worldview. Well, there are people out there that probably maybe have never heard before wow, that, that's profound. It's, why do I believe? Well, yeah, because it's true. But oftentimes there's this question of faith. Sure, we can look back and, and see this, we can study and see the parallels of Rome and now, but when people are thinking, okay, uh, it is true, well, how do you know? Right. How do you know? Right. If you say it's true, how do you know it's true, Ed? Now, Tell this, me, how, does this, that, how is it true? This is the key to growth is getting to that point, like the, the, the focus on this topic is knowing what I believe and why I believe it, right? right. So, so bear with me a second here. Einstein said something very profound. He said, you should never stop questioning things. It's really important to question things. And his point was, it's not better to be taught what to think. It's better to be taught how to think. It's mm, that, good. That's what's key is how to think. So when you look at 1 Peter 3.15, everybody's heard that verse before right? Now, what people forget sometimes is they'll jump in and say, when I ask them what that verse says, they'll say, always be ready to give a defense. Right. And I'll stop them. And I'll say, but what's at the very front of that verse? The front of the verse, before it gets there, it says, sanctify the Lord God in your heart. Literally, it means set aside Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior in your heart. That's good. Right? Yeah. Once you do that, then the verse talks about be ready to give a reasoned argument, a defense, Apologia. That's where we get our word apologetics, a yes. reasoned argument. Mm -hmm. And then it says why you should do that, because this idea of reason, when it says a reason for your hope, that word is logos. If that doesn't sound familiar, that's in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. It's this whole idea of using your mind to think through why you think it's true, not just a, a 
an emotional expression out of your heart, you should be able to understand it. That's good. And here's what I want to ask you. I know the answer to this, but I want to ask you because I want our listeners to understand this. God is not some God that says, I'm true, and I just demand that you follow me blindly. Right. Is he not asking us to use our reason, use our intellect, Absolutely. be transformed by the renewing of your mind? Mind. Absolutely. He's given us these great minds to think and to study. Does God want us to explore his word to understand what truth is so we can answer why we believe it and to be ready to give a defense Absolutely. after you sanctify the Lord God in your heart? Absolutely. Um, you can look at other verses in the Bible. When you look at Acts 17, when... It says that Paul, as was his custom, he went into the Sabbaths and reasoned with them from the scriptures. And then it says, explaining and demonstrating that Christ had to suffer and rise from the dead. So the resurrection isn't something he believed just on faith. He actually would give them the reasons why the resurrection is true and it had to happen so that they could think it through. Mm -hmm. It's a big deal. And it says in that verse, many are persuaded. So this idea of thinking has to do with logic, using your mind, and the definition of logical thinking, the art and science of reasoning to discover truth. And I like your definition here, what it says, reasoned to bring together different views in open discussion. That's right. Now, it doesn't mean believe me or I'll hate you. That's right. It doesn't mean if you don't believe me, then you're a racist or you're a bigot or you right. are a crazy person right. or you're a zealot or something like that, that name calling because you don't believe like I believe. To reason is to discuss calmly and get an idea of what we're thinking here and let's get to the facts of it instead of if you don't believe in me, then I cast you away. And why can't we love one another and be willing to be a little vulnerable, and I'm not talking about within the church, I'm talking about talking to non-believers, sure. and be interested in what they have to say. People that don't believe can usually, many of them, give you good reasons, and we should listen and understand their point of view, and then be able to express our point of view, and then, as this verse says, weigh it up together. Yeah. Um, Rosario Butterfield, she's a um, former lesbian, professor at Syracuse who came to Christ. It's, it's, it's an amazing story. If you guys ever get a chance, you'll go on YouTube and watch her. And she said what drew her to Christ was the compassion and love she had from a Christian pastor who didn't want to bring her to church. He, matter of fact, he said, I didn't want to bring you to church. I wanted to be your friend. Mm, and they good. would spend time together sharing ideas. Wait a minute. So what you're saying is, is that in order to help someone understand truth, you're supposed to build a relationship with them? Yes. You is spend that, time is that how them. that works? Yep. It's funny. It's what when, Jesus did. Yeah, and it's funny how Paul explains it in Philippians when he says, you know, you should really look out for other people's interests more than your own. All right? And that's important rather than just trying to share apologetics that you actually care what they think. I want to ask you one more question because this time flies. We're already almost done. And there's so much that we could do. It, yeah, it, it, it is crazy how fast things go. Okay. In FSC University, when you teach on Sunday, the core verse is Hebrews 11.1. 1. Right. Love the verse, foundational verse. Go ahead and, and share that verse. The verse literally says, when it says, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, that verse literally means that this idea of substance, hupostasis, it's a, it's a dual word. Hupo means under, stasis means to stand upon, 
It literally means it's the understanding. It's the foundation of how I think. That's mm -hmm. what it's saying. And I want, I want people to understand this too. You know, I was reading a book the other day and uh, by a friend of mine, Patrick Morley wrote Man in the Mirror. He has a new book, The Four Voices, about the different voices in your mind and what we listen to. And I had literally read five pages, of the, the first five pages of the book and caught myself and had to stop myself. I just read five pages and I couldn't tell you what I just read. So I had to put the book down and sort through right. what I was doing. So it's not just reading the words on a page. It's the understanding. Understanding. I'm going to, I got to give you a couple of uh, examples because we're talking about our culture today like Rome, but let's step back a minute and think about our founding for a minute. Sure. All right. I, I just was with an audience of a group of uh, uh, high school kids at a school and they're taking American history. And I asked them, what are the three branches of government? And they knew them, boom, 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 right? They said, uh, executive, legislative, and judicial. And I said, you know where that came from? How did the founders set that up? They didn't have a clue. And I said, well, that's Isaiah 33, uh, hmm. verse 22. And they said, well, what do you mean? And I read it for them. The Lord is our judge. There's a judicial branch. The Lord is our lawgiver. There's a legislative branch. And the Lord is our king. There's an executive branch. He will save us. The founders used the Bible to set up our system of government. Mm. And he founded it on, as it said in the uh, 13 colonies, their original charters in 1774, we shall have no king but Jesus. And we're not teaching people this stuff. Just because we're in a state now where we appear to be heading in the direction of Rome, doesn't mean we shouldn't understand where we started. We started on a foundation of Jesus Christ. It's incredible. So, so when we look at today and we look at uh, what's going on, I'd like, to, I'd like to put it in terms of what we've been assimilating in our country, where God clearly, especially in Genesis, says we need to keep separate. For example, good versus evil. Mm -hmm. All right, we live in a culture now where objective morality is replaced by personal feelings, right? Everybody has their own opinion on what's right and wrong, and yet God tells us plainly, in Isaiah, woe to those who go call good evil and evil good. There's a standard for that, and we've lost our way on what's objectively true. The second one, holy versus profane. I can't tell you less how many times my wife and I are sitting there. We go to Netflix. We want to watch a series, and within five minutes— Or less. I can't watch. Right. It's every other word is profane. Or every other scene is— it's something it, you shouldn't watch. It's incredible. Yeah. Or I'll be standing in a grocery line and the person behind me will start using profanity in just normal talk. Right. Do you realize that never existed before in our culture? It has gotten to the point we can't tell the difference between what's holy and what's profane. Yeah. The third one, what's taught in our schools, man versus animal. If you look in Genesis, again, God makes it absolutely clear that there's a big distinction between people and animals. Well, as we teach evolution in schools... And as you listen to kids, they literally more and more, because they're getting indoctrinated, and think there's no difference between us and animals. Yeah. And God said, don't assimilate that. Keep them separate. Then you have man versus woman. This is the last one now that's been taken over. You can't tell the difference between the two anymore. You know, we have a big push to say it's about feelings, what I feel, rather than the obvious physiological and biological differences, which leads to the fifth one, man versus God. We actually think we're gods now. We, we've mm. replaced the God of the Bible and Jesus Christ with our own system of godhood. So yeah. this is what has led us away from the founders towards this Rome 
that's happening right now. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And so, like we said, we're already at our time. We gotta we gotta go. But listen, I want people again to understand we're gonna get this and so much more for people to come to our FSC University class. Sundays, 9.30, room 1024 in the main building. You can go to fsc.life to find out more information and learn so much or go to the FSC University YouTube channel as well. Ed, I'm excited about this. I'm going to just end with this. So the key is the way we started. Do you believe, do people believe that the reason they're Christians is because it's true? If you're not sure, you need to come to class because we can help. Amen to that. Thank you for saying that. And so um, this was part one of our nine-part series, Knowing What You Believe and Why You Believe It, Worldviews, Truth, and Evidence. Today, we talked about understanding our culture today, a look back to Rome, and then join us for the next episode, part two, What is a Worldview? The Religious, Cultural, and Philosophical Worldviews out there. That's going to be an interesting one as well, because you may not know what's going on out there, and and you need to know. We're called to know what (laughs) God is trying to teach us. So, Ed, thanks, man. It's a pleasure to have you here, buddy. All right, bro. Thanks a lot. Absolutely. And if you want to find out more about Abundant Life, again, you can go to www.livingproof.co for next steps, ministries, and more. For my guest, Ed Croteau, I'm Les Norman. Thanks for joining us today on the Watching World Podcast.